that you see through eyes of love yes you do shall we pray and so father in the name of our lord jesus we thank you once again that you have qualified us to see another day we thank you for your love we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your mercies and your kindness we thank you that you are a good god and you decided to be our father we thank you that you look with us through the eyes of love we thank you for anointing our eyes with eyes sir, that we may see life just on the way you do we thank you for boldness that we may fight the battles of life we thank you for your wisdom your understanding and your knowledge that instructs us we thank you that we can call you our father and most importantly we thank you that you call us your children we pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight in the name of our lord jesus amen ah uh, we thank god for yet another evening to have a wonderful discussion to have a conversation with god through the pages of scripture and i believe 2022 is still a good year for us i know generally things are hard the economy of most nations are really struggling but we know that as long as we are willing and obedient we would eat the good of the land So tonight we are starting a short series hopefully to just be a two part series if nothing new comes in. <laughs> And our title for tonight's episode is who has your desires? Who has your desires or you can say who controls your desires? It's basically a study about desire, about how important desire is. I like to call it the unspoken influence of desires. And I just came across a scripture and I'm sure we are familiar with this scripture because especially those of us in Ghana the prayer nation. So let's look at Mark chapter 11 verse 24. Mark 11 verse 24. Jesus is giving us certain arsenals by which we can pray right and he says that therefore I say unto you what things whatsoever ye desire when you pray believe that you receive them and ye shall have them whatsoever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them most of times the emphasis on this verse is about believing in prayer and that whatever you ask the father in the name of Jesus if you believe it you would have it but as i was looking at this verse again i think somewhere last week the interesting thing that many of us overlook is that before you even pray there must be a desire so the protocol from this scripture to an answered prayer is first there must be a desire secondly that desire would lead you to pray and the prayer that you pray you must believe in it desires are very important in fact in Psalm 37 verse 4 i like the way the psalmist puts it he says he will grant you the desires of your heart He says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This scripture, this two scriptures are telling us something very important in our dealings with the Father. The psalmist is letting us know that the desires of your heart is a voice before the Father. The desires of your heart is an unspoken request before your Father. So he didn't say he will grant you the request of your lips or he will grant you the request of your prayers but the things that you desire of the Lord because you take delight in him he goes beyond what you just utter with your words 
and that we goes into what your heart desires because many times there are things that we desire that we don't even pray for maybe you may desire to have a, your own private plane or your own private jet or a yacht in future but i don't think you may have ever or you would ever pray for a yacht or a plane or whatever but god goes beyond just what we see and looks in the desires of our hearts and if you go back to mark 11 verse 24 jesus is saying that it is not just enough to pray and to believe but whatever you are praying for and you are believing god for is something that you must have genuinely desired it's something that you must have genuinely desired that is why many at times we pray vain prayers especially at public gatherings or services sometimes you may go for a service and the person leading the prayer may give you a particular prayer topic and something that genuinely you don't desire for it maybe you go and pray i remember especially we in africa all our prayers are consumed with our needs so imagine one day you go for a powerful conference and and the minister is saying let us pray for the spiritual gift of prophecy or um, word of knowledge it's something that you have no desire in fact you may not even know that it exists so you may be praying all right and you may be believing in what you are praying but the fact that you did not start by genuinely desiring the step it becomes a vain prayer so jesus is saying that if you want to have something from him that thing should be something that you are desired of the lord that thing is something that you must have this been desired and that your desire would lead you to prayer and make sure that when you are asking god for that plane when you are asking god for that yacht when you are asking god for that car you are believing it the power of desires i think the most suitable title would be the power of desires desire is very key in prayer and it's a prerequisite to having answered prayers that is why many of us are not walking in power many of us are not walking in the song that we sing i'm walking in power i'm walking in miracles i live a life of favor many of us are not really walking in power because genuinely we do not desire spiritual power what we desire is a good job what we desire is a handsome and a beautiful in quote god fearing spouse what we desire is a kid or a child what we desire is our ability to travel these are the things we desire that is why times we go for revivals we go for prophetic services and they are even dispensing power they are dispensing the minister through the agency of the holy spirit and by the grace of god the atmosphere is charged for people to receive spiritual gifts people just go and they come back empty because all of us our desires are just on physical things and Paul appreciating the importance of desire gave us an advice in Colossians 3 verse 2 where he said that set your affection on things above set your desires on things above because your desire has a strong influence on your life without even knowing it the power of your desires is what grants you many things that's why there are many things that personally I am not really prayed for but then God gives them to me because in my heart I desire those things. Sometimes I don't even find the right words to be able to articulate them before God. But somehow, somehow, God is able to rightly interpret the desires of my heart. There are many that have got good opportunities that I didn't even know I really needed. But then, as I begin to enjoy those opportunities, then I realize that these are things I have genuinely desired of the Lord. Now we need to appreciate how important and controlling. our desires are 
So Paul talking about spiritual gifts in First Corinthians chapter two. He says concerning the spiritual. I do not want you ignorant. And we have done the whole series on spiritual gifts. I think this was our second series we did. So if you have not listened to it, you can always go back and listen to that. It's about six parts or, or nine parts. Now, Paul talking about spiritual gifts. Paul himself did not even tell us to pray for spiritual gifts. He says, desire spiritual gifts. Because Paul knows that just by desiring spiritual gifts, you would get spiritual gifts. So Paul didn't even tell us to pray for spiritual gifts. If I look at the technicality of issues, but Paul knows that if you can desire it, you would pray for it. And if you desire it and you pray for it and you believe that you are speaking to a prayer answering God, you would have what you ask of the Lord. Now we're going to peruse this matter of desire a little bit more. Now, where do desires come from? And how can we grow our desire into, into some things? Now, there are basically two ways that in our study we'll be looking at. And these two, they are somehow interconnected. But I want to just take them as two separate points. The first way we can nurture or have a desire and nurture it is by knowing about that thing. Because you cannot desire what you don't know about. And the next point is about being exposed to that thing. Of course, exposure gives you knowledge. So the knowledge and the exposure, to some extent, they are interconnected. But we want to look at them separately. So the first thing about desires is that we must know about that thing. So you cannot desire something you don't know about. If we never knew that something like a plane existed, you can never desire a plane. So during those times, hundreds of years ago, when there were no plane, all that you're having were horses. Imagine a young boy is growing up. All his desire that when I grow up, me too, I will own a horse. That young boy cannot say, when I grow up, I will desire to have a car. Because cars literally did not exist. And he had no idea about cars. So knowledge about something has a way of infusing into you the desire for that thing. That is why, generally speaking, people always say that when you get to know people, you will like them. So you ask, so I always wish to wonder that some people are hardened criminals, hardened criminals, wicked and evil people. But all these supposedly wicked and evil people, they have wives or they have people that love them. Even people like Adolf Hitler had a wife or had somebody who he loved and somebody who loved the person. Because some way, somehow, the person getting to know more about Adolf Hitler found something good in this man, found something worth loving in this person. That is why they also say that sometimes the more you get to know people, the more you just begin to like them, especially when I was in the university. I remember level 100, there were some people at the first instance, I did not like them, like maybe the way they dressed or the way they spoke or certain mannerisms or personality traits that they displayed. I did not like them or I did not want to be their friend. But after being in the same study group with them or a project group, you know, sometimes they will divide into groups. So just getting to know more about people has a way of influencing your desires towards them. And that's how why important the word of God is. Because you can't know about healing. You can't know about God's divine provision. If you don't know about these things, if you don't know about God's divine provision, God's divine healing, you cannot desire these things of God. That is why Bible study is always fundamental in having an effective prayer life. 
Because it is through reading of the word of God that you get to know about the provisions and the things available for you in Christ Jesus. And by getting to know about these things, that's what increases your desire for these things. So, as I shared last week, I've been reading about God's generals and I've been reading the healing evangelists. And I realized that for most of them, for most of them at the younger parts of their life, they were inflicted by certain life-threatening illnesses. And because of those illnesses, most of them ended up getting consumed with finding out a way to be healed from those diseases. I think particularly Reverend Kenneth Hagen. If my memory serves me right, he used to read about how God used to heal people from the Word of God. So the more he read about healing, the more he worked his appetite to receive healing of the Lord. The more you read about God's divine provision, the more your desire to experience the supernatural increase. But the reason why most of us do not desire these things of God, all our desires about what you eat and what you wear, is because we are shallow in the Word of God. When you look about these gold generals, those who of them who were even healing evangelists, those of them who manifested the healing power of God, they spent quality time investigating about divine healing about a man named Ora Roberts. He spent time reading over the four Gospels over and over again. He, he perused every single healing scenario in the Bible. So what he was doing was that he was not just getting knowledge or information about healing, but he was building up his desire to walk in the power of God in healing. So the more you read the Word of God, the more you are waiting and increasing your desire for something the more you are increasing your appetite for those things. That is why knowledge is very important in growing and fueling your desires. That is why for every good person, when you get into that's one of the effects that, that sex or prim, premarital sex has. It has the way of tainting your image. So let's say you are a young Christian brother, young Christian lady, then that should happen. At a point, the young guy, the way you look at the lady, begins something just changes about the lady towards you. Now, your desire is no longer just to know her, about interacting with her, having that phone call. Something gets corrupted in your mind. That is why sex is one of the lowest expressions of your love. Because we know that God so loved us, but God is not having sex with us. So sex is a, is, is a low form of expression. It's an important expression, but it's not a key expression as we may seem it to be. But unfortunately, so you can see people who are having sex with each other for a long time, but they do not desire each other. In fact, I remember one day I went to a spiritual instructor and he said that he is surprised that most couples, before they divorce, they have a child. He said that, he gave an example, ah, this particular couple, they used to argue and fight and quarrel and they were on their bed of their divorce and he was trying to encourage them that, oh, don't divorce, don't do this, God doesn't like those things. Before he realized this woman is pregnant, not with a stranger or not by a stranger, but by the husband. He's like, ah, how can two people be fighting and yet still they are managed to make a child? Because you don't make children by going to the farm. You do something together. So it's interesting how people can be so angry and offended by each other, but yet still they can have sex to the extent of giving birth or having a child. So it lets you know that desiring someone goes beyond just having sex. It's more about sharing in the person's companion, enjoying the person's presence. And the more you get to enjoy people's presence, the more you want more. That is why Jacob could wait 14 years just for one lady. Because the more he knew about Rachel, 
the more he wanted to know. And the more you know about God's healing power, the more you know about God's salvation, the more you know about God's provision, God's sustenance, the more your desires to experience the hand of God increases. So the reason why many of us are not experiencing the supernatural is because genuinely we do not desire these things. The second thing that is key in having a desire and nurturing that desire is exposure, to be exposed to the thing. As I said, it goes hand in hand with knowledge. So for most people, especially people that were born in a poor background, almost always there was a moment in their life where they desired to be rich. So many of times, times you hear them give scenarios like, oh, maybe they were in a village. Either they went to the city for the first time and when they saw the tall buildings and the cars in the city and they told themselves that, ah, me too, I will buy a car or me too, I will build a house. But if you have no idea about the existence of these things, you cannot desire these things. That is why Jesus talking about how to identify who a child of God is in John chapter 8. He says, your father's desire is the one you seek to do. So if you are claiming you are a child of God, it is God's desire that will be in your heart. But because you are fulfilling the desire of your father, the devil, that is why you are also doing that. Because the one thing about a father and a son relationship is that you get exposed to what your father is doing. That is why for many instances, many children at one point in their life wanted to be what their father was. So you realize that, for example, many lawyers, their children become lawyers. I'm yet to see, for example, a son of a football player desiring to become, let's say, a golfer or a basketballer. It's very rare because the child, all the while that he was growing up, all that he saw, all that he heard, all that he experienced in the house was football. So the child naturally wants to become a footballer, even though he may not have the abilities and the skills and the energy and the physique to be a footballer. But just because daddy was a footballer or mommy was a doctor or mommy was a lawyer, the child also wants to become a lawyer because that is what the child gets exposed to throughout his life. I remember those times when I was in um, 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 junior second, junior high school, when we were in Form 3, you let seniors, those who have graduated, who are now in secondary school, used to come and talk to you. And I remember all of us, the schools we decided to go to, it was because one senior was able to convince us. Hey, say, when you come to this school, we do this, we do that. I, for example, for an instance, I in particular, the school I went to, it was only because my dad went to that school. I knew literally nothing about the school. But those days, the way I could defend the school with my life, I am my friends wanted to go to pretest, wanted to go to this, but I would say, no, nah, this is the school. And I could give you statistics. We won that the mass quiz, we did this, we did that. But I knew nothing about the school. I just heard about it. My father would tell me stories about it. So my father, by telling me, by exposing me to that school, it increased my desire for this school. And I remember when I was in secondary school to the same thing. Our seniors who were in the university, they used to come and tell us stories. I just could not wait to get to the university. Hey. And of course, the key selling point to university is freedom. No preps, no lighthouse, nobody chasing you. So our desire for university was just enormous. That when you go to the university too, you just cannot wait to free the university and start making your money. <laughs> and start buying your car and start spending money. You are tired of learning all these exams and testing. I'm just fed up. <laughs> because you now get exposed 
to life outside the university. And that's one important thing that the science and math schools we do in Ghana does. Many students want to go to a particular school because they saw a particular student on TV doing the science and math quiz and the way the person was just answering the questions. The person wanted to go to that school because that was what the person was exposed to. There were some schools that never crossed my mind. But at that time when I was in um, junior high, I didn't even know about those secondary schools. But exposing me to this particular school that my father went to, it increased my desire and I didn't see myself going to any other school than to that school. So the more you are exposed to the goodness of God, that's one thing that testimonies do. The more people come and share their testimonies about the healing power of God, about how God made a way for them, the more it also increases your desire to experience the goodness of the Lord. The more you are exposed to something, the more you desire that thing. That is why, yet again, you cannot take Bible study for granted. Because these things, they expose you to the goodness of our Lord. They expose you. And immediately you get exposed. And continually you are exposed to those things. That is why even in in ministry, almost every uh, founder of a church or a denomination, if I should say, at least if he has more than one child, at least one of their children go into the ministry. The person may or may not be called from God. But just because throughout his life, all he saw was daddy in church, mommy in church, daddy going from one program to another, mommy going from one program to another. And as that little boy or girl sat in the auditorium, he said, me too, I will be like daddy when I grow up. So desires are very important. And what you get exposed to is very important in the desires you have. That is why as a Christian, you must be very deliberate on the things you get exposed to. The reason why you are only get, you are you are always having a desire for sex is because that is what you get exposed to to pornographic materials, and that's what makes it very deadly, very deadly. That is why pornography almost always goes with masturbation because you are not always going to get a lady or a guy to always satisfy your desires, and the only way to kill that addiction is by killing what fuels that desire. And the devil knows, and God also knows, that the only way they can get you is by getting hold of your desire. That is why it is a battle of desires. That is why the Bible says that God works in us both to will. So the first thing that God does in a man's life is that he changes your desire after sin. He changes your desire for sin. He changes your desire for righteousness. That is why in Hebrews he says that because thou art loved righteousness, he says because you have a desire for righteousness, I am anointing you. So I am not anointing you because you prayed for the anointing. I am not anointing you because you fasted for the anointing. But because thou art loved righteousness and thou hated iniquity. I am anointing you over your peers. The power of your desires. So who has your desire? Who is controlling your desire? So yet again, Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2, he says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word of God. I was thinking that you say, as newborn babies, read your Bible, pray every day. But Peter knows that if you do not desire the milk of the word of God, you will never read it. The reason why many of us, Bible reading is so difficult for us is because we do not desire the word of God. We do not desire God. So it's a problem of desire, not a problem that when I read, I don't understand. It's never a problem of I read, I don't understand. That is why for many people who are 
professions like medical doctors that they really do not desire to be those things they really struggle in school so even though they may be intelligent and they may, they may be acing their papers you will have a certain lack of quality touch in what they do so i like football so much and when you listen to almost every footballer speak especially those who excel in football there's one word or one sentence that passes through all of them they love the game they love the game. I remember recently I was listening to I'm a Chelsea guy. Um, this guy Matthew Kovacic, and he was talking about Luka Modric. He says this guy eats football, drinks football, sleeps. He talks about football all his life. It is no wonder that this player, when he went into I think La Liga, he was voted the worst player or the worst signing in his first season. But now this guy has become an epitome of midfield masterclass because he loves the game. His passion and his desire for the game is what drove him into excellence. The power of your desire and Peter that if only you can desire growth, nobody will tell you to go and read your Bible. Nobody will tell you to go and pray, but your desire will prompt you. So Jesus said that whatsoever you desire when you pray, because desire would always cause you to move. Most of us genuinely don't love God. That is why it never crosses our mind to even go on evangelism. It never crosses our mind to even share the gospel. It never crosses our mind to even work in the house of the Lord. It never crosses our mind to even spend time with God in prayer. The reason why we never desire prayer, we never desire God. The reason why we never desire prayer and never desire Bible reading or study is because, in fact, we never desired after God. So Paul said that Peter said that desire the milk. He didn't say he says desire the milk. And just and from his sentence, it's as though when you desire the milk, you will grow. He was that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by you may grow thereby. As though just desiring the milk would make you grow. But desiring the milk causes you, it will control you to go for the word of God. So it's like somebody who's addicted to alcohol. He desires alcohol. So just because he has the desire, even if he is broke, even if he has to sell, I know a particular, I know a story of a particular guy who literally sold his house for alcohol. He used to drink so much that he used to spend all his, so when the salary comes in a week, he has squandered his entire salary on drinking just by the desire for alcohol, the power of your desires, the power of your desires. And if you listen to every rich man or every successful person, I'm yet to hear one who has not talked about the word passion. It's the same word or the same meaning. I remember recently, not recently, yeah, some time ago, I was reading um, one of those articles or so on social media. And as usual, Jeff Bezos gave his points for success. And one of his, I think the first point was that you must have the passion for or you must love what you do or something. And I saw a comment under A. So Jeff Bezos, is he telling us that all the time he was growing up, he desired to sell books? Because you can't tell that your desire is to sell books. <laughs> That's why you started Amazon, <laughs> selling and buying your books. But then you would realize that in every rich person's comment about how they become who they were, none of them ever goes without mentioning the word passion. And we may undermine the influence of passion or desire on the road to success until you try being successful. That is why many people, especially in Ghana, what is driving many people into entrepreneurship and business, or however they want to call it, is not necessarily the passion or the desire for business, but it's because, Charlie, you need to survive. That is why for many of them, so you see that many people, when they finish school and things are not going well, they begin to do buying and selling or 
wigs or shoes or nails. But these same people, if they should get a stable job with a good income, they would abandon their so-called desire in a jiffy. I know many friends who started these things, but immediately they landed a stable job, they abandoned their so-called desires and so-called passions. So it lets you know that their desire initially was not for the business, but it was to survive or to get money. And because maybe at that time they were not getting a good job or they were not getting a job, they decided to venture into something just to make ends meet. But those who genuinely desired that business opportunity, even if they had to leave their stable income just to pursue those dreams, they didn't. And that's the power of desire and the power of passion. However they want to call it. Mostly in the business world, they call it passion. And you must be passionate about what you want to do. Because your desire is what will provide the energy to overcome every obstacle. And tonight, the part one of our discussion tonight is just asking you, who has or who controls your desire? Do you genuinely desire to spend time with God or it has not even crossed your mind? Do you genuinely desire spiritual gifts? The reason why you are not working in power, the reason why you have been praying for the gift of word of knowledge and you have not been getting it and you forget about it until you go to another convention and they mention word of word of wisdom or word of knowledge. He said, hey, I used to pray for that thing and you stopped it's because you never genuinely desired it. But immediately God can see a genuine desire in your heart for spiritual gifts. God will give it to you. So even in Acts chapter 10, when Paul was invited by Cornelius to come and preach, the Bible says in the verse 44, that as Peter began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on all those who were there. They didn't pray for the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost could genuinely see that the desire of the people and he responded to it. In Acts chapter 14, at the time that Paul was preaching and there was a lame man in front of him, I think Acts chapter 14 verse 7, and as Paul was preaching, he could see from the man's face that this guy was designed in it. So the Bible said that Paul paused his preaching and he shouted at the man, get up and walk. The man did not ask to be healed, but Paul, through the agency of the Spirit, was able to see his desire. That is why almost always, before God or Jesus healed some he asked the person, what do you want of me? And the same thing, when, when, when Jesus was preaching in a, in a particular house and four friends took their, left, um, their, their friend who was sick and they had to open the roof and let this guy down. The Bible said, and when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw their desire for their friend to be made whole, Jesus literally had no option than to heal them. The power of your desire. Immediately you can get this principle right. There are many things you will not even pray for. But when God sees your genuine desire to live for him, that is why I personally believe that many a times, if God is going to use our prayers to answer or grant us things, there are many times we will not get any answer because many times we don't even know how to pray right. Sometimes I look at some of the things I was doing when I was in secondary school. I say, hey, this thing will be praying at all. But you see, our, our methodology may be wrong, but God was sensing the genuine desires in our hearts to live for him. There are many times I say, oh, I'm going to pray for six hours. I'm going to pray all night. And I found myself sleeping restlessly the whole night. But then the thing I prayed for would still come through. It was not because I prayed but because God saw me lean on the floor and so this is a man who is genuinely desiring something this is a man who is genuinely designed to know me more this is a man who is genuinely desired to experience me more that is why your expectations and your desires as a believer is very important so he said the expectation of a righteous man shall never be cut short just your desire for something what you are expecting of God is a powerful language by a powerful voice before God and it's a battle of desires. The devil wants to control your desire. And God also wants your desire. So tonight, we just want to answer the question. Who has 
your desire. What are the things that you desire of? Most of us, if you should write your vision for, for, for your life, you realize how how vain your vision is. I listen to TV programs and they ask, where do you want to be in five years? And some people, they genuinely cannot say anything. Say, I want to be big. What one is I want to be big? I want to be all over TV and social media. Is that one a five-year vision? But genuinely, most of us, we are living life not having any genuine desire. But tonight, we don't want to spend some time telling God our Father, every evil desire in me, every evil desire in me, Lord, we are pleading your mercy, the Father, work in us to desire after you. For we know that if only we can desire spiritual gifts, we will get them. If only we can desire the sincere milk of the word of God, we will go there. But if only we can desire and we pray, we will get to spend some time in talking to God. Father, change our desires. Paul said that set your desire, set your affection on things above. Most of us, the only thing we are desiring is social media followers. Hey, mercy. The only thing we are desiring is to have a car. That's your whole desire in life. Some of us, the only thing we are desiring is to be in good, a big man or a big woman. Is that what they desire? But tonight, Father, we are pleading your mercy. That Father, give us genuine desires, Lord. Father, give us real desires, Lord. Give us eternally valuing desires, Lord. Every vain desire in us, Lord. Father, we plead your message that father work in us lord change every vain desire in us lord change every temporal and flesh satisfying design in us lord every desire for sin father we plead your mercy that change our desires in the name of our lord jesus everybody listening to us who is under a desire for pornography and a desire for sex constantly father we plead your power we plead the release of the anointing over their lives because the bible said that the spirit of god is upon me and one of the things that this spirit of god does is to set the captive free father everybody under the bondage of an evil desire father by the hearing of your word i speak freedom into their lives because we know that whoever the sun sets free is free indeed anybody who genuinely desires freedom i speak freedom into their lives in the name of our lord jesus because daniel genuinely desired to live for god even though the king forced them to eat from his table he said ah the bible said and daniel purposed in his heart daniel had the desire to live for god father we pray that anybody who is genuinely desiring to live for you is under the influence of sin father we speak your liberty we declare your freedom into their lives and into their hearts in the name of our lord jesus we are free from every evil desire we are free from the manipulative power of sin in the name of our lord jesus and our desires and our affections are set on things above father we thank you for changing our desires we thank you for working on our desires we thank you that we desire nothing else and no one else but to live for you in the name of our lord jesus amen who has your desire see you next week even as we peruse this matter about the power and the influence of desires remember to continually give god your very best and make sure that the only thing you owe any man is love desire the supernatural this week and god will meet you see you next week and bye bye